Warning. This podcast may contain mature language, so if you're not comfortable with that, earmuffs. And now, The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. I'm going to keep this intro super short because I want to save all the time for my guest today, Ray Liotta. Uh, if you've been watching movies over the last, what, 25 years, uh, you know his work. You know him from Goodfellas. You know, if it's not the single greatest movie ever made, it's certainly in my top 10. Uh, you know him from Field of Dreams. You know him if you're still watching good movies from uh, Place Beyond the Pines. And uh, to say I'm excited to talk to him is uh, to understate the truth. I will say this. Uh, I got a, a guy wrote to me on the internet the other day on Twitter and said, uh, hey, how come sometimes you say nice things to your guests? I don't really know if that was his accent, cause I could, but I think it was because the question seemed very New Yorkish. And the answer is because the only rule I have for this podcast is I'll only talk to people whose work fascinates me or who raise questions about the things I'm obsessed with. And today's guest fits the bill. He'll be here in a minute, and uh, we'll turn the other mic on when he gets here. Thanks for listening to the moment. So the great Ray Liotta is now here. Can you hear yourself? I can hear myself. All right. Great. Um, I did a brief intro of you before you got here, even though, I mean, people know who you are. I just say Ray Liotta. They get it. Uh, but I talked about how excited I was because the thing that this show is really about, you know, it's called the moment. And what it, what it's really about is the way that people who've done remarkable things, artists who've accomplished remarkable things, like process the big moments in their lives, the, the moments when things were either really incredible or when they felt kind of uh, low. And I mm-hmm. think that... I could attest to both. <laughs> I know you can. And it's funny, I, I think a lot of the time because of the quality of your performances and how convincing you are, people like don't understand that you're first and foremost an artist. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. For some reason, the term artist, although what they say, what, uh, uh, an art, or what's the definition of art? Art is to create something that hadn't existed before. So, and an artist just is one who feels it deeper than some others might. I had an acting teacher who once, he once I talked about that. He says, what makes a masterpiece and what doesn't? He says, two artists painting the exact same thing, a stream, a tree, and a brook. One's considered a masterpiece, one isn't. Why was, why was the one a masterpiece? And what was his answer? Uh, that the, the 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 masterpiece is the person who felt it deepest. Who felt it the deepest? Deeper. Do you, and, and do you think it's if they felt it the deepest, or do you think it's um, being able to convey what they felt? Well, I think it's one and the same. Oh, uh, I, I think it's one and the same. Because if you look at art, if you look at a movie, something that really moves you, or, or even a song, uh, and the person really deeply feels what it is that they're doing, even if they're making it up, that doesn't have to always be personal. Uh it tends to resonate more. I wonder if that's because your antenna is so good, though, that you you can pick up maybe what the intention behind something is, where other people maybe wouldn't pick it up unless the artist was really good. Was you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this was just his thing. And if you look at some really, really great art, Van Gogh or anything like that, he's like, 
you look at that stuff, you just get lost in it. You just feel it sometimes when it's really well You really done. do. I mean, that's a great example. I don't know. If, did you ever, I'm sure you saw that movie uh, about him, you know, uh, and his brother or read that book. He wrote these letters to his brother. You ever yeah. see those? No, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was called. Was that the one, Vincent? Yeah, Vin, yeah, yeah, about yeah, Vincent yeah, that and Robert Altman did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and these letters that he wrote to his brother, it's all about like you know trying to convey that and how come people couldn't recognize it. Uh huh. So that's which leads me to I was watching and reading a bunch of stuff about about you and uh, I heard you say that there were these five years that you went to L.A. after you did the soap. Yeah. Where. You got some guest shots, but you didn't really, you didn't really work. Yeah, I did two failed series. Yeah, a couple guest shots, but not even those five years. Then there's a period where I did start doing movies, and then there, you know, there was the inevitable dip there. Yeah, well, I'm interested in both. Per- I actually wrote down to ask you about both both of those time periods, but I guess my question is like those five years which I, I think of as like the wilderness. And I think a lot of people who try to make their way in the arts, whether it's the word artist or actor, people who are trying to communicate through using their emotions. Uh, what what did that... Because I think there are a lot of people who listen who feel like that every day of their lives, like they're in the wilderness, like they're not being seen for who they are, or who they could be. And I'm wondering what that... What did it feel like for you when, when you... It still feels like that. How? I, I just, I, I don't know if it's my competitive nature or it's like this movie that, that came out. This is a really, really good movie. I don't care what anyone said. This is a really good movie. You want people to see it. And, the identical, right? But it, it's, yeah, it, and it's a faith-based movie. So like the New York, like the the, the, uh, the New York and L.A., I think maybe the the, the reviewers were, <laughs> didn't see it the same way. Uh, and it just it just gets my goat. It just bothers me. Not so much personally for that, but just the the meanness, the mean spiritedness of, of of what happens. But is that what you? I, yeah, I mean, dealing with the sort of critical reception of movies takes a lot of pride. I mean, you've had years. I don't of read practice. it. I don't read them. I, I I don't read them. Never have. Never will. So you're just saying people tell you. I just you, ask. I said, well, how are we doing? Are we doing okay? And eh, well, could be better. You know, they they say it and they couch it. I actually in a way. read a New York Times review that was positive, more than I thought. You know, it would oh, be really? knowing some of the other stuff. Oh, yeah, well, they're smart. There you go. Well done. <laughs> the man knows how to reverse field. But no, here, but, but, but my question is like, what, when you headed, headed out there and, and it was, the going was rough, like, what did you tell yourself to keep yourself going? Like, how did you process what was going on? A class, acting class. So what would you do? How long? I was on a soap opera. I got the yeah. soap opera after, uh, never wanted to act, but that's a whole other thing. I got the soap opera six months in terms of, uh, from graduating college. Here in New York, I shot it in Brooklyn yeah. for like two and a half years, three years. Then I says, well, I want to try movies. I moved out to L.A., and that's when it was dead. But as soon as I got out there, I started uh, a, this class with this acting teacher, Harry Master George, who's just great, and stayed with him for 12 years. So even when I did do movies, I would go back again, and then I, I'd, I'd do a movie, and then I'd go back to class and for like seven years while I was while I was working. That's what got me through some of those hard times and you just you just have to hang in there and just believe that it's going to get then there's no way that anyone's going to tell me that wasn't going to happen you just had sort of like this bedrock faith in in your ability to 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 feel yeah and then i mean all you're doing really i mean people complicate what you know our actors get a little 
hoity-toity. You're just playing pretend, really, at the end of the day. That's it. The demands are, are, are sometimes challenging in terms of what the, what the subject matter is about, but at, the, but at its core, it's just playing pretend. It's cowboys and Indians. And was that See, like like you like you would being a writer that I don't get that I, that I don't have the ability to do or haven't tried or or it's lonely it's see I, I'm just saying other people's lines my my job is to service your story uh, yeah but with truth with um, truth and presence and authenticity right yeah but if it's written you know well then you can't help it even if it's not written that well you still just have to submit to it and, and play pretend yeah. But when when you felt, I mean, that, that makes sense uh, that you're able to. You've gotten to a place where you can look at it as a almost as a simple thing, or talk about it as a simple thing. Though, do you really that when you're doing it, is that what you're pursuing? Like, um, are you pursuing like just a very simple, present, reactive place at its core? Yes, that's what it is, the, the make-believe game of it. But if, if I'm doing something where, you know, my my best friend dies in my arms, the the, the, the demands of that situation, that's when it gets a little complicated. But, sure. but basically what you're doing, once you get the right frame of mind, is just playing pretend and then doing homework. I'm a big believer in homework to give you depth and dimension. But still at its core, it's Cowboys and Indians. And by doing homework, you mean by giving it a lot of thought? By yeah, let's, let's – uh, in, in this movie, uh, uh, my, my son, uh, I, I want him to follow into what I do. I'm a preacher in the movie. I want him – I think the highest calling that one could do is, is spreading the word of God. He doesn't want to do it, okay? And my whole life since he was little, I adopt this my, uh, him – and and that's what I have it in my what I want for him to do. And then he says that he doesn't he doesn't want to do it, and it shatters my whole world. Now, it's simple playing. You know, he's my son. It doesn't work out. But the depth and dimension of 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 what it is and how it shatters me and and really moves me emotionally. That's that's the homework. But still, at its core, it's pretend. Right. You're you're doing a whole bunch of stuff to then get ready. To just be. Yeah, you just think. You're just you're just imagining what the situation is. That's what the homework is. And the more you think about something, the stronger it, it, it becomes, the more vivid it becomes. And then when you feel it, the audience is going to feel it. Easier said than done. Because what you're doing is you're saying other people's lines. You're doing it on cue. You're doing it in front of people. So that's totally unrealistic and, and, and unnatural. Well, yeah, and do you ever feel like the people are uh, – uh, not the crews who all work their asses no, off every day. No, they they <laughs> good. All right, good. Yeah. But no, do you ever say to yourself like, if this director spent five fucking seconds on the other side of the camera, he would have, he would uh, know how to talk to me. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think, I, I think that most directors don't know how to talk to actors or understand about acting. And I think the best direction comes across with, with, uh, uh, like, is that like an actor says, like, well, just, 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 just say it faster, do it faster here. Well, that's just an, that's just a result. But if you give, you talk through the story and say, you really want to get your point across because if you don't say this right now, somebody else, someone's going to be walking into the room. That's how you get your speed. So your speed is brought about not by saying the word speed, but by talking through the story. And if you direct through the story, then it's, then it's, more palpable and easier and less actory right by by reminding you where i where you were 
Yeah, like happening. you're moving like rounders, or they're 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 playing, and 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 Malkovich, you know, doesn't you know he loses to to Matt Damon, thinks he's gonna win. Uh, you don't say, well, give me more emotion, or or sometimes directors directors tell you what, like, uh, take a pause here because I want to put the scissors in. Like, fuck you with your scissors. <laughs> like, that, that's not natural. It's like that's not how people talk. That's not what happens. Not for your scissors. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess some direct some actors I, I've heard like Gene Hackman. I know when he thinks a director's an idiot, will just say, only tell me, the only things you're allowed to say to me are louder, softer, faster, slower. But ideally, you want a collaborator who's going to walk you through the moment in this character's life. Well, I think the most important thing, because there are directors who might not be as well with actors or whatnot, is to become self-reliant. And that's what class brings you. For me, it did, is to make you self-reliant. So I'm not relying... Uh, on the director to get me through it. I'm I'm just just leave me alone. I got it. Sit down. Go behind a monitor. And and especially if if it's like because I've worked with a bunch of few time first time directors. Sure. Because let's say you know if I want to be the the hero in a movie, and and the movie's like forty or fifty million dollars, I'm not getting that part. Even if I'm I'm the most right for it, doesn't matter. The reality is not Hollywood. Yep. So. I, I get my opportunity to do that in lesser, uh, lesser budgeted movies, not lesser movies, lesser, m- more independent type movies. Sure. And a lot of times those are first or second time directors, and that's when it gets ref- uh, 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 frustrating. Because you feel like they, you've they done this work, their elbow. Yeah, you've done this work for all this time, and they're showing up. And if they've written it, at least that gives them an ability to have a certain kind of conversation. But yeah, it's hard, you know, when you direct your first movie. The learning curve is so huge. It's got to be brutal. Uh, I mean, if I could go back, Dave, my partner, and I, if we go back and redirect the first movie we directed, I would, I'd pay, you know, I'd do almost anything to be able uh-huh. to take another shot at it. And then over time, you try to learn. But I. Did uh, you study it though? Did you I, study directing? Did I, you... stud- I was in, like in college, I, I was, no, I was always a writer and an act, an actor in college. Then Where'd I didn't act for a long time. I went to Tufts. But uh, uh-huh. for Eng- I was an English major. And then I went to law school at night, and oh I didn't gosh. become a writer till I was thirty. Wow! But it's about you, not me. So, uh, uh, yeah, I was thirty when I, Dave, and I finally wrote that script. Rounders was our first script. And could you practice law? Did you take the test? Did I you passed? I got out. Of, I graduated law school. I never took the bar. As soon as I graduated law school, my wife and I looked at each other. I was like, I'm never fucking doing that. Yeah. Uh, it was a good education. I learned a lot. Um, but I look at some of the independent movies that you've done, and I. Well, let me let me back up to here, which is because I want to go back because when at the end of that five years, the thing that that happened to you or you made happen was so incredible. You know, the first those four or five movies, starting with something wild and running through Dominic and, you know, Dominic and Eugene and obviously Goodfellas and Field of Dreams. You did work with some incredible directors. But before we 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 get there. When you decided to become an actor and go out to Hollywood, and I know you'd been on the soap opera, what did you think, like, that the life of being an actor would give you, like, internally and externally, like, for yourself as a human and and then the rest of it? Like, what kept you going? Uh, like, what, what Can did I you, curse on this? Yeah, it's say just a fuck you, you attitude. It's just like, there's just no way that you're going to tell me no. And you have, you know, it's not so much ego. It's just kind of like at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, I'm, you're not asking me to do heart surgery or something like that. It's to play pretend. 
I mean, I seriously mean that's pretend thing because I never wanted to act. It came time to go to college. I didn't even want to go to college. My dad said, go wherever you want, take whatever you want. So I went down to the University of Miami because at that time in the mid-70s, early 70s, you just needed a pulse to get in there. Right. I was going to take liberal arts classes. I was in line for liberal arts, got finally to the front. They said I had to take like a math and history. I said, There's no, I don't want to be in college. There's no way I'm taking math. And I was an average student. I wasn't like a derelict. Right. I said, and right next to it in the registration hall was uh, uh, for the drama department. And I had a drama class with, with my best friend, Gene, in high school. And we just fucked around for a year. We just, just, you know, we didn't take it serious. I did a school play, but I also played sports, did a little bit of everything. There was a girl in line, typical actor story. She said, are you, you going to audition for the play tonight? I said, no. She berated me. I said, you're going to be there? I said, I'm just telling you, it's all about the play. You got to do the play. I went, I got into the play, and I was a dancing waiter in cabaret. And having but there was an acting teacher named Robert Lowry there, Buckets, and he was just a great teacher. So my introduction to it was about playing pretend and and uh, just allowing yourself, not the personal you, the human you, to experience whatever you're supposed to experience. And that, so because of that, I was like, well, I could, uh, why not me? Right. You mean, it, yeah, and I always talk, I'm always talking right now for, I don't talk to like so, you know, I, I really dislike actually hearing actors talk about actors and things like this. But because of this, I always come from the point of view of somebody who's trying to do it. So that's really the, who I'm talking to when I do this. You know, someone's going to hear it and say whatever. But no, I, but fuck those people who are no, going to say know, whatever. But, but, because but, but, because we are because the whole point of having a conversation like this is to me always is for the 16 year old kid exactly who's like wondering and i don't care by the way the 16 year old kid could be a 26 year old kid or a 36 year old stuck in her, her job who's miserable is like you felt something something obviously like struck off of you is true when you started doing this thing right it's something felt right to you yeah it's but it's and it's measured in different ways whether it's through a teacher whether it's through other classmates whether it's through a review whether it's through an audience at the end of the show and, and how they react to you so yeah there's it's, it's it, and the only way that it's measured let's say you if you're an athlete is by how many baskets you you scored or 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 how many how many hits you had you know there, there's a there's a measurable way of doing it that 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 gives you a confidence that keeps you going a, a, you know right. I mean? You're saying there's some objective things that happen. Yes. Yeah, so so your, your question was, how do I, how did it keep me going? Well, it was those early things that happened to me that 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 gave me the confidence to keep trying. And uh, this is a really typical thing to say for an actor. But I'll, I'll be 60 at the end of this month, uh, at the end of this year, much better now than ever. It's just it's deeper. It means more. Uh, it's not easier, but there's more of an ease uh, uh, when I do it. You're able to relax into it more. But trust that it's going to be there. At first, I was extremely. I was. I was just a method actor man. I held on to it all day long, all night long. When I got there, whatever my mood was supposed to be that day in the movie, that's what you were going to get. And I didn't care if you liked it or if you didn't like it, because I had to service that story, and that was the way I knew how to do it. Then, in times. Through time, you do, you know, some movies, maybe they don't have as much cachet, you know, going into it. So you're a little more relaxed about it because what difference is I don't have to do with Marty or Bob or Joe or, or anybody. <laughs> and then you just relax into it and you say, oh, my gosh, I was able to do that without all the histrionics. And then you were able to carry that kind of forward. I mean, do you do you miss do you ever get yourself still in a place where you get you carried around with you? Oh, totally. 
You do. Yeah. I, I just don't take it out on other people anymore. <laughs> I, I just, I'll just shut down and, and be quiet and be left alone. I found the best way on this set to be left alone is to be my own stand-in. Oh, you do? You do yeah. you be your own line yeah, stand-in? Yeah, sitting if you're sitting in a chair... You know, people come up, or you're on the way to to your trailer, coming back and forth. But on the set, and just focus on what's going on and what they're doing. Uh, for some reason, I, I find that that you can be left alone a little more. Wait, I want to return to one thing you said because it's so interesting about the objective stuff, right? Because you got these objective, and you're in college, and and I had it to ask you who. When was the first time someone kind of outside saw you the way you hoped they would? And I guess it was like your peers in college told you you weren't nuts for wanting to do this. I was doing West Side Story. I okay. was playing riff. We were rehearsing. And I was doing a, a line. I forgot what it was. And I turned and I was doing it to to, to the, the, one of the students and the, uh, one of the fellow actresses. And, uh, and the way she reacted in her face, she reacted like, oh, my gosh, it sounded like he really meant that. And it was it was like a light bulb moment for me. I'll never forget it. I could see her face right now of like how she reacted to it. I said, oh, because you could say all the things that you want. It's simple. It's, it's a game. But once you realize that it's you're supposed to be a, a human being having a, a human situation, you know, in a situation and meaning it, that's what it's about. Easier said than done. But you no, know, that pa- that moment um, where you realized there was actual authenticity. Yeah, and I didn't know it. It's just that just the way she reacted. It just for some reason it was like, oh, my God, that's it. It's just I got to make them feel like that's really happening. That's the best thing ever because that's the thing that made me quit acting in college was... You didn't get that reaction? I played a scene with a guy. Uh, I, was, I, I wasn't going to be an actor. I loved it, but I didn't love it enough that I was going to be an actor. And I was playing uh, a scene with a kid who was a year younger than me at college. And we were like all laughing and fucking around beforehand. And the scene thing started... And he turned to me, and it was just an acting exercise, right? And he turned to me, and he was the, he just was that guy. And it was complete and utter presence, real. And I went, I'll never, I, that's not something I can do. Ah. And it was a great moment. For, it was an incredibly, that guy ended up becoming, he's worked for 30 years. He's been in, his name is David Costable. He's been in a million Broadway shows and t- 10 TV series, The Wire. He's been working for the uh-huh. whole time. And it was clear like that you had it on the other side and even in you you did it and you saw yeah, from but I always her. feel like when I'm talking about stuff like that and someone's saying oh yeah but I see you do this and I don't know why I get some concerned sometimes what people say when I really don't give a shit but I do well don't, don't you think it's because like of the it's also part of the antenna you have the sensibility when you you know the sensitivity when you say you 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 notice things and you allow yourself to be open so that you can pick it up so then you pick up the negative shit too. yeah but you can't care about it. Because... No, 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 you can't. But I don't usually do stuff like this. I don't usually talk this 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 open and honest about it. But I definitely have opinions about it. I mean, yeah, but because I to... I've watched you sit there with mopes asking uh, how many people you beat up in real life, and I, that's not as interesting, you know. And I see how you react to it. But that's well, because I haven't beat up any of them. I know. I I've heard. I, <laughs> no, I know. I, I mean, it, it, because look, I get why you're worried about people thinking actors are, uh, come off as like pretentious or something, but you've had a lifetime of work where you haven't. So you are in a place where you've like earned the right to talk about this stuff. I guess. Well, you just have, look at the body of work. Yeah, but I don't. You never, what do you mean you don't? 
Oh, look at my body. Well, I don't watch. I don't even watch what I do. Like I haven't seen like more than half of the movies I've made. When you're doing it, do you ever know? Oh, this is working. I know what the demands of a scene, what the situation is going to be, and what it calls for. And all I can go by is what happens that day. And I think what happens, again, going back to the directors, if you don't have a director with a strong antenna or really knows when it's right, usually who tells me, I can always tell the person on the set who knows best is the camera guy, the camera operator. I could see like when they come up and you just vibe on on how they felt or they looked or the way they look at your what. And I say, yeah, because he's there watching the whole thing. Yeah, and when it's the DP who's operating him, you know, herself or himself, yeah, that yeah, must exactly. give you like huge comfort when they like nod. To you. Well, then that's just more the lighting thing, and they're they're looking at it. It's it's just that they they saw what was going on, what you were doing. Uh, yeah, do you prefer when a director is right there at camera? That they don't do that anymore. Some do. I think Jonathan Demi's the only one that I remember. Quentin still. Quentin uh, does it. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I. I if it happens, it doesn't bother me. It's when they're too histrionic and they're moving their body as you're talking, like like they're playing the game with you. And he's like, like dude, like I see a swaying back and forth. I once had a, a, a boom operator, and it had to be one of his first jobs. And every time he was doing the boom, unless he was talking between that's us, the guy with the mic above your head. Yeah, yeah. He, he he would make, he would make a move, and then it was on you. He would do this whole back really? and forth. Really, he's thing. jumping around. It was the most annoying thing ever. It was horrible. It's like, dude, stop dancing. Just, just subtly move it back and forth. You don't. We, we know you're working hard. You don't have to show us. That's good. Well, yeah. Well, that's a great point too. We know you're working hard. You don't have to show us. I mean, that's kind of what you're saying too about acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah Which yeah. is just, you know, I understand. Like again, I understand why you're saying, hey, it's it's just playing make believe. But then you, you know, I watch, you know, I watch a movie like even the Andrew Dominic movie you made. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if you like that movie, but I love that yeah. movie. Did you go watch it? Yeah, that one I saw. I, I think that guy is like a very misunderstood artist. I think he's a... I think he's a Andrew? Yeah, I think he's a great director. To me, he's a great yeah, director. no like, question. I think all three of those movies are... That's what he likes to tell stories about. That's why it's maybe he's not as ignited as as maybe where we feel like he should be. What do you mean the way he tells stories? Well, I mean, I oh, mean, you mean what he chooses? Yeah, what he chooses. Chopper was a certain kind of edgy movie. Then, then the Jesse, Jesse James, James one was like seven hours long, and that you know, but it was it moved in in a very honest, real way. And I don't know why Killing Them Softly didn't do better than it did. Probably all the political stuff. Well, in a way, there was that. Yeah, there was uh, the like there was the political stuff. And it's a it's a dark it's a you know it's a dark movie. I know he thought it was like his commercial movie, but yeah, it's totally dark. It's and if people haven't seen it. It's really worth watching. I mean, he did get a collection of really good actors in that film. I mean, from Richard Jenkins to Gandolfini to yeah. I know, you know I know that hack Brad Pitt. Uh, no, no, you know I know what? you don't no, think. No, 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 no. I know. I, not, I know. I, no. I know. I, I walked into it was one of those stupid junkie I things. I know what it was. And, uh, that's exactly what it was. I'm just fucking around. So, ah, it was a hack. It was just like of that. Of course. And they fucking jumped on it because they're simple. They're they're idiots, no, and they even know. For dirt. Of course it's they mean. are. But that, of course, they're looking for dirt. They're all they want to do is trap you. But I'm saying in that in in that movie, <laughs> and I, I mean I made I I made a movie with Brad, and he's the best. And also, by the way. As you know, like the biggest practical joker in the world. So the, if you had done it just to fuck with him, he would appreciate it. 
I mean, I don't think he was the biggest practical joker. No, I, I didn't experience that, but oh, I no. certainly wasn't serious about it because I really liked working with the guy. But those fuckers, that's what they, that's what it came out. And I got like, did you really do that? Did you really say that? Like my dad would say, I'm like, sit, like, no, I didn't. So, oh my God, I was messing around. Because we have the same birthday, too. They also asked me, like, what would you get him for his birthday? I, like, I don't know if I get him something for his fucking birthday, stupid question. Well, yeah, I, I, I saw that, and I, it was immediately clear you weren't, that you weren't serious about half the stuff that you said. Uh, but it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so when at the end of that time period, when you got something wild and you got to work with Jonathan Demme, did you know as you were doing it, and I've always wondered this, it's a thing that I've, I've always been obsessed with, uh, like the first time, let's say the first time R.E.M. played together, or the first time the beat, did they, did you know, did you look around the room? So like when you made something wild than Goodfellas, when you looked around as you were doing it, did you feel like this is, this is, there's something special happening here? No, no, I just, I just, I mean, there's something very exhilarating about playing make-believe with people who are just as passionate about it like and the sure. best directors i've ever worked with they, they get so like marty or, or ridley scott or, or i just worked with uh 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 i can't believe i forgot it's roland joffy just so excited when they're talking about this make-believe situation that we're doing so i knew that it was a bunch of people who were really having fun we were just, it was just fun playing pretend but how it was going to come out I, I i'm not a director i don't want to be a director I don't know which lens is on. What, like, is 75 is closer? I mean, I'm starting to, you know, you yeah, just obviously kind of know. But I don't want to know. Uh, so I, I did, and I don't know how to put a movie together, especially those first few movies. I didn't know anything. I thought, I remember reading Field of Dreams. I thought it was the silliest thing ever. Like, this guy, and he, like, there's this cornfield, and that's how he gets his money, and he hears voices, and a, and a, say, a baseball field. This is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> Who knew? Really? So I you're did. when you're standing out in that when you're Shoeless Joe standing out there, and you're playing those scenes. To you, you had no idea if, if it, did you know that between you and Kevin something real was happening? Well, well, yeah. When you're playing pretend and and we're on the set and it it seems like it's you know like you you know you yeah you like yeah know, like just like within Goodfellas with, with Joe and Bob like I knew that we were like having fun playing pretend but i didn't know I, I i don't you know i mean now i kind of i get an idea but i'm always surprised sometimes you've worked with actors and you could see them looking for their lines and struggling and they can't get it and then also when they cut the movie together it's like oh my god he was really good the I first time the yeah, first time i realized that it was mind-blowing to me that exact thing the yep. first time you're you, you can really and you know from my perspective being a writer or director you can really be on the set and you want to just kill a guy mangling your fucking, you know, mangling your lines and taking, uh, missing the intentions mm -hmm. and you just, and, but then you fall in love with, you get in the editing room and you just fall in love with the person because you realize they gave you everything over time. You, you get much better at figuring if it's there or not. Yeah, yeah, I think. But so when you got cast in something wild, did you know on the other hand that your life had changed? Only after the premiere, which I didn't go to. Uh, Why? 
I didn't know you were supposed to. I, I swear. What does that I, mean? I, well, I never had a publicist until after Goodfellas. I, I didn't know because back then it was a little different. And the people that I looked up to was just all about the work. That's why I think my career's gone so up and down because I thought the object was, you know, after Goodfellas, I played a heart surgeon. After this one, I played that or a baseball player. You try to do the I'm a preacher. You try to do different things. That's to me was the joy of, 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 of this job. And now, especially now, you just brand yourself. They, you know, you become this certain and it depends on what you want out of it, too. If you want the big bucks and you make that big successful movie, well, you just better lock into you know playing that part all the time because and some people get it, as you know, get addicted to that feeling. Oh, of course. And it's it's the death of a quote unquote artist. But if you want to be a big movie star and then your movies are making money, then that's basically what you're going to keep doing. I mean, this is what's awesome about you, though, is that you like even the quote unquote artist thing, like you don't want to. You don't want to seem like you're somebody who thinks of yourself that way, but you do want to live the life of it. I mean, you've made a choice to live that life. Not, but not as an artist. Or if you got to label it, yeah. I mean, everything I do and think about is this. You know, aside with with my kid, but even then, it's you know, it's fooling around with her or playing, but. I just think it's a danger if you take yourself too serious and you walk around. There's a bunch of, like, pretentious New York Broadway people that you just want to say, oh, my gosh, get over yourself. Shut up. Yeah, go play your softball games at Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and be, all, and be uh, in love and with the theater. And it's great. I'm, I'm just saying. But, just, you know. No, yeah, of course you're not, you're not uh, ripping them. But, uh, but you, you, do, you have made those choices to chase the things that you're that really engage you and I'm like so those years when when you had those I've also chased things and not gotten them too you know there's plenty of parts that I've gone well, up so for that doesn't happen how do you deal with the how do you deal with sort of like the rejection yeah not you just say fuck them they're idiots <laughs> you know your self-preservation is a very strong instinct right so the way that you felt the, uh, the way that you felt at the beginning, you've actually held on to, and you've gotten more and more of the positives, so you're able to just play through those negatives. You don't carry it, the rejection, or a movie doesn't do well, or, hey, how come you know my quote should be this? Like, you don't let that drive you insane. I did. There definitely was a period where I was like, whoa, why, why is this happening with this person? Like, how much did they just get? There's you know, part of you, the competitive part. Just says, but then you realize after a while that you know it's just every this is my path, this is my journey, and it sounds all kind of you know spiritual and everything else, which I guess everything is to a degree. But you, you just let go of it as you get older. And uh, I'm getting uh, this, this tribute or lifetime achievement thing in, in the Ville Film Festival. We leave later today. And that's given me part. I've never really sat down and like I have no idea how many movies I've made. I had none whatsoever. I hear from like what what people say. I look today like over like a hundred. That's what I heard. I heard it was like eighty, which is still sure. an abnormal amount. But as also too, what happens when things don't go up and down? You get more supporting parts, so you could do more movies, more things uh, when you're not like taking up a couple months of your life. I'd much rather do that. But what are you going to do? Which would you rather do? Oh, I want my cake and eat it too. I you want really the roles you want to play, and you want to be the star of the movie. Because yeah, you want to have the star, but just, just where the movie does well enough that that it just the only reason why you want to like even an award or anything is you just want to keep doing what you're doing at a, okay. at a deeper level uh, with 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 the people who like really like to play pretend. 
Yeah, you wanna you wanna work with you know you want Andrew Dominic to have the big successful movie so that he's making more movies and totally. the movies no question and then also the kind of it's great when the thing that you're interested in is the thing that people are interested in it's just very hard that those things don't always line up yeah that's why I stay away from like hanging out with a lot of people in the business because director actors and directors about other actors and directors are brutal yeah just brutal how'd you learn that lesson I listened. Right. I'm sure I've said some things. But yeah, I imagine you have. But uh so you don't? Who what kind of well like what kind of crew do you hang with? I don't know, like like well, if I'm on the East Coast, my best friends from, from third grade, Jules and Jean. Right. And at home in, in LA? My daughter, I don't have like a big crowd there. I'm a single dad, so that's that's the majority of my life when I'm not working. How old is she? Uh, she'll be 16 in December. I have a 14-year-old daughter and 18-year-old son. And, yeah, I mean, so did you become, like, friends with the dads of her friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Through soccer and, you know, coaching and, and all that. Yeah. Right. How long does it take them to kind of get over the fact that you're Henry Hill and Joe? Jo, like, do you see that the way they, yeah, but they finally they get to where your you're kid. just a regular dude? Yeah. 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 Yeah? Yeah. Do they then work? I mean, up, I think. Do I mean, they I work don't. up the nerve then to finally throw like a Goodfellas line at you? Um, yeah, sometimes they do, and that's it's, you know. But like, you don't know. Even in a movie like Copland, like you don't know that something like Diagonal Freddy is going to be something that people say. No, I, I don't think that one would be. Right, but it. Is, I mean, you know, it is. Right? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. My friend, all my friend groups say we say that to each other constantly. What the diagonal rule? Yeah, or? and we imitate you saying that. Like. <laughs> All the time. I never knew that. I've heard other ones, but not that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a New Yorker, so when I'm in L.A. driving around to Hollywood <laughs> meetings in the car, we're always going diagonal the whole time. That's funny. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and Karen, I mean, there's all those things that you must know. That one, Karen, yeah, but I never knew the diagonal. But, like, when you're playing that scene, let's say, when Karen comes up to the car, and, you know, it's going to cost you hell when, you know, she comes storming out of the car, and you got Marty doing the push-in and all that stuff, do you... Did you take a second back then to appreciate where you were and what was happening? Truthfully? Yeah, I want to know. My mom died that weekend. I came back. The weekend of that? That was the first scene that she had She had cancer during the during the filming of that. And in the middle of it, and so when I came back, like, is that when she says, who you think you are, Frankie Valley, right? Yeah, I had just gotten back from that weekend from, from that experience. So I was... Which, in one way, it was great that I was working doing the movie, you know, because when you're playing pretend, you know, between action and cut is great. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah. So, no, I didn't know anything. Right, I, I mean, you... I knew. I was like, all right, well, we did that. But all of a sudden, it puts things in perspective. That's why I think it was so easy to work with the people that I worked with in that movie because of what was going on with her. It's like, well... Geez, you know, my mom's really sick and I can't play pretend with Bob and Joe. Fuck that. Right. How could that scare you yeah. when you were grappling with the most serious totally. thing? I'm getting chills because I wrote, I'm getting chills because a guy wrote to me on Twitter just yesterday for advice. And you're the first like working person that I can ask this to. And you just kind of answered it, which is the guy said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to create. I'm, I'm working as an, a writer. I just got my first deal and someone in my life is, is dying and I can't figure out how to work. And what do I do? How do I work? And uh, all I could say was, you know, find a way to leave it next to the stage. 
and pick it up an hour later. You know, use it as a distraction. I mean, it's okay. You don't have to think about it 24-7 because you'll just burn yourself out. If you're just constantly, like, you know, thinking about it, though, it's hard not to. I was already locked into it. And didn't, now I don't know. Well, no, she was sick while I was doing all the homework, too, for it. I would come back sometimes from being in New York, and her lungs would be, you know, full, and I'd have to take her to the hospital to get it all. So you just—that's a great thing about playing pretend, though. It's the same thing where you hear actors say, you know, or stage actors, you know, they're 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 so sick they got a fever, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go to the play. You'd never think like Michael Jordan when he had that that hurt back. Sure, and the, and the game, you just, yeah. You just ride over it because of the passion and desire to get that done. But as soon as as soon as it's cut, as soon as the game's over, yeah, Jordan you against go. Uh, Utah when he yeah. had the fever. When he had the flu, yep. even that's what and I mean. Had that incredible game. Yeah, it was the flu. Yeah, right. He had the flu when he when he made the that gesture with his thing. Like, I don't know how. Oh, I'm was doing that the it. flu game? Yeah. Ah. And he was like, I don't know how I'm doing this. Yeah, because he was so. He that's was so a great ESPN. Uh, or no, no, was it on ESPN? Ramad Ahmad Rashad did a fifth, uh, Michael at fifties, fifty years old. And he's talking about these things. Oh, I'm not sure what it was. I was really great though. I yeah, I don't know if it was a. It wasn't a thirty. I don't think it was no, a it wasn't 30 a thirty thirty. No. Wait, go ahead, Claren. What'd you say? Okay, it is a thirty. She's saying it's a thirty for thirty. What does she know? She's saying she worked. You worked on it. You did. Wait, all right. We have somebody gesturing through the thing. Uh, Obscene. Claren, Claren Dara is uh, gesturing to us that it was a thirty for thirty. The audience listening to this definitely knows whether it was or whether it wasn't. But so, do you still? Do you find you can do that still? You can leave whatever's going on, or do you find you use it? In the performance, uh, I'm not say that I use it. I mean, you know, there's sometimes if you're playing some edgy character at six o'clock in the morning, the first scene you're doing is choking somebody, and you, you're tired. You're just waking up, so there's always, but there's always something that happen on a set, as you know, that gets you angry or move you or, or going to get into work traffic. So you'll you use stuff to 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 get you through or, or you, you do whatever it takes. Some things just come, you could just pretend and just use your imagination. Sometimes you need things. It depends on what it is. Why do you think, you know, you even just now and use the example, sometimes you wake up, you have to strangle someone. But I've seen a couple of interviewers say to you something about playing, playing bad guys. And you immediately go, bad guys, I've played so many, you know, I just made a movie with the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. And, and you clearly don't, oh, you know, in this movie, you're not playing a bad guy. No. Uh, and, why do you think that that's the, uh, in a way, I guess two things. One, why do you think playing that stuff uh, stands is sort out of easy? For, why do you think it's, like, whether it's easy for you, uh, I'm sure it's t it takes work. But I even look at a movie like Place Beyond the Pines, which I like that movie. Um, I think that guy's really gifted and made yeah, a movie. Yeah, he really is. Derek. I think Derek made a movie no like question. that. Uh, in that same interview about Hack, you said something like, well, that's a great, you also said something about Pines. But, uh, but to me, like, I went in not expecting that movie, and I was like, this kid is going to, I want, hope this kid makes 20 movies. But there's like a heaviness and like a, a world weariness to the performance you give in that movie. And I'm wondering what you were thinking about playing it, because it's easy to write it all off as evil, but, but it's like, there was just like a, buddy, the world works this way in that performance how do you think you how do you what did, what were you thinking about or were you not even no I, I mean i don't think you're like going for that as much as he cast me at a certain age of somebody who's been doing something for 25 30 years and that just 
happens. You know, you just get beaten down, and I would think especially by that kind of job, being a cop. And, uh, you know, that's that's rough. That's why they retire so early, I would think. You know, 20 years, I'm out because just the heaviness of that job has got to be unbelievable. What you see every day and have to deal with and listen to has got to be brutal. And so that's what you're thinking about. Yeah, in other words, so you're your thinking, way of human, like, not only humanizing him, but of, of wearing that skin is like, look, this guy, is he's just put in these hours. Yeah, you think that's your homework. Your homework you're thinking about. You're doing, you know, you did it for 25 years, and it's like, how many murders must that be? Like, I don't know, like thousands of murders you must have seen, and or domestic abuse cases, or ODs, or, you, you know, there's just... So you just do your homework and think about like what that life is like, and you just and sit and do absolutely nothing. That's actually a Gene Hackman thing that he would sit around and 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 same thing with Robert Duvall. You just think about the circumstances, you think about the situations, you just and it's 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 like anything, you know. You you look at this for a minute, okay? You think one thing, you look at it for five minutes, all of a sudden you see the light hitting it. You know, the more you think about something, the deeper it becomes, the more it's realized. And so you sit around and you'll th- you'll sit in, in just imagine, and you'll do that even when you're being like the lighting. Let's say you're doing the stand-in thing. No, by then it's all then it helps to you know it's better to have your guns loaded and then whatever happens happens. So you you're know, doing all that all that when you're driving around or you're as soon as I get as soon as I get the movie. So what happens? You get the movie. You, you know you go and have a conversation. You meet with the director after you read something that you like or not. Sometimes, Sometimes it you always don't. happen. Well, no. Like on those two movies. No, I mean, I like to, yeah, you meet them, you see what what, what they want, you like how they want to do it, what, what they... Uh what they like, you know, sometimes, you know, direct, first time direct, like Joe Carnahan, like when I did NARC, he just like knew exactly what it was. And I, I just, you know, I felt really comfortable because he just was one of those people that first time or not, he was just locked in. He knew what he wanted to do. I mean, yeah, people get, I mean, I know, and I know the movie that we're here talking, you know, that you're out sort of doing interviews to, to talk about is the one that opens. Uh, this thing's going to come out Tuesday. The movie will be open for a couple of two days, I think. Yeah. It's called The, uh, the Identical. The Identical. Uh, but... And people should go see that movie, uh, but, you know, if people take something away from this, I hope it's that they see three movies, which, uh, if that they haven't seen, you know, Place Beyond the Pines, Narc, uh, and uh, Killing Him Softly, because those three movies, and, and it's interesting, you've chosen these independent movies that that have are kind of, like, important and and really challenging in a way, is that? Is there a reason you think that you you pick those? Well, one they wanted me. Sure. So that I mean, is that a lot? I mean, is that a lot of it to you? No, it's it it's it's just you know, there's other movies that that I don't do. I don't just like the stories. Like like when I went and met, I you know, I hadn't really seen any of Derek's work. I don't think I'd seen Blue Valentine. I'd heard about it. Heard about the movie and and how well it was received and how well it was. I saw it after I, I met him. Uh, you know, you just get a sense from somebody. And so that, and I like the script, and that's a perfect case of saying, well, why can't I be one of these other guys? I don't want to just be the the veteran cop who teaches these punks, but it's just part of what you got to do sometimes. It, right. You, know, you mean you're doing that movie, and you're like, well, well, on the one hand, those two guys needed to both be in their th- I mean, they did need to be yeah, in their no, 30s. Yeah, no question. No but, question. And, and, no, I mean, if you think about that specific thing, but then I guess you have a lot of you have to have a leap of faith that then the director is going to really honor and serve like that character because he did. I felt like in yeah. that movie, like I felt like your that crew was a real reflection on 
those two main. And it was also more realized that we filmed, but just editing wise, they couldn't put in some of the stuff that that we had did. Oh, you that I did. There, it, it was it was filled out a little more. Uh, oh, you mean at the script stage? Yeah, and no, that, that we shot, and and they they just you know they didn't have the time or or the you know the story to you know it was a Coppola say there's three movies the one you write the one you film and the one you edit. So when yeah. it came to editing it, it it you know. Some of the stuff that I did uh, wasn't as essential to the story that he wanted to tell. Yeah, I can, but but it still actually tracks like the thematic, the thing you did. Yeah, you get the point. Yes, because the thing you do, uh, performance-wise, you know, you're you're the end of uh, in, in a way, right? You're a possible destination for Bradley's character for that. When that all tracks, you know, the mental state of right, his character. Right. So he did what he had to. He did what he had to do. Yes, exactly. So as you as you look at it all now and where you where you find yourself and you you said the you said the thing like what kind of work are you looking to do now? How you know do you how do you see the next bunch of years? Do you want to? I know you've done some television. Are you interested in doing that? As I would stories, do a cable show. I, would. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I would like doing a cable show. One just you know for to you know like six months out of the year that you'll be working. You know it's a it's it's. Like you, at least you write your script, and whether they pick it up and give you money for it is one thing. But you're, at least you're actively working. Whether I mean, I'm sure you do think do you do things on spec still. Do you just like write whatever's moving you? Yeah, the the I do both things all the time because yeah. um, like the show that we're going to do for Showtime, we wrote it on spec because we wanted to have the control. Yeah, yeah, I would love to do a cable show. Uh, it gets your nut money wise. Because, you know, whether you want to or not, there's a certain, you know, there's a lifestyle that, that you become accustomed to because mine's pretty, you know, even. It's nothing nutty. Uh, but that's nice, you know, especially after all these years. Uh, yeah. Do you think people misunderstand that and, and the average person just thinks, well, Ray Liotta doesn't have a problem in the world. That guy's been like, do you think that they don't they don't understand like. Well, probably compared to a lot of people, it is a very charmed, nice life. Right. You're you know, flying but, off to but, France tonight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's not all, you know, I do everything, you know, I'm take my daughter and carpool and take her and bring her back and then take her to dance and take her back, you know, and I'm not complaining. I love it. So that's one of the most fulfilling things ever. I love being a dad. Love it. And you still love being an actor. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get out of here soon. I just have a couple more things. And because it's you, I'm going to actually look at my list of questions and just make sure that I asked what I felt was an important thing to do um yeah does it still do you find yourself still caring you answered a little bit about this movie that's coming out but when people when you do really good work and people don't see it right away does it does it bug you only in the sense that if a movie opens then you get more, you get picks of better scripts with better directors, better parts, because it's like, it's not a meritocracy, you know, just how well the movie does. So just on that level, you want, you want the movie to do well with that. And thank God that there is cable and, and rentals. So people do get to see the work later on. Uh, but yeah, you want, yeah, I really want people to see this movie. I love this movie. I really do. I like, I like what I did in it. I, I think the movie's sweet. It's faith-based. Uh, I, I, I like really everything about it that the, it's funny. There's a little bit of everything. So when, when you, uh, decided you were going to do this, you loved it. You had that moment, um, doing the, 
doing the play when you realized, oh, I can do this thing. Has the life of an actor, like, have you gotten out of it a lot of the stuff that you hoped you would? I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But you must have thought to yourself, all right, I'm doing, I'm moving to L.A. You must have thought of something. about acting, it, but I'm the life of the, like, I don't know, you know. Has doing it, playing make-believe, been as rewarding to you, like, inside as you thought it might be? Uh, for a while, it wasn't because I wasn't getting the parts and doing the types of movies that I really wanted to be doing. Now it seems to be coming back again, and there's nothing more exhilarating where you can't wait to get to work because of who you're going to be working with. So why do you feel like it's coming around again? Like, I don't do you know. Think Age, I have no idea. Other movies, uh, I, I don't know. It's certainly not because of of some movie coming out of the box and making a hundred million dollars. That certainly isn't the, the reason. Well, yeah, but what did it feel like when? And plus, when you get to be my age, because a lot of people die off or quit. Right. If you're still so, going, so many left. Right. You're still saying fuck you to everybody. How many like, options are there? Listen, buddy, if you're not going to cast me, <laughs> you only got three other guys. Yeah. Who's it going to be? But like when, so when it all hit, when those five movies right at the beginning hit, and you were, you know, you were on a, a rocket ride. What did that? Were you able to like grab the handrails and slow down for a second? No, because it wasn't that nutty. I waited like after something wild. I waited a year till I did Dominic and Eugene because I didn't want to get typecast and there was nothing else coming in. So, like, the first four or five movies took over four or five years. I was just doing one, and that was it. Then I would go back to class. If there was something else that came along that I wanted to do, yeah, but uh, there just wasn't for whatever reason. So even in the, sh- so you, in the shadow of Goodfellas, right, you, never, you didn't get to a place where you felt like, okay, um, no, you lost the sense Goodfellas of who you were. over time. I agree. And that, that wasn't, like, out-of-the-box huge hit that I, that I recall. You didn't view that as like a big life-changing moment? Working with people of that caliber, yes. In terms of my standing in the business, I had no idea. All right, then I got to ask you one. I'm a, I mean, I've been very restrained because Goodfellas, I've, I've watched the movie a hundred times. I wrote, I've written about it a lot. It's, you know, very central to my life as somebody who wanted to do this. Uh, but there's always this story, because I've heard you say you never got in any fights, but there's a story that you and Maury got into an actual fight. Yeah. No, Is it true was, or no, not true? No, it wasn't a fight. What happened was he's not a trained actor. He's not an actor at all. He's I know. a real estate guy. We were doing a scene. I wasn't full going for it. For some reason, he felt I was. He just didn't. He, maybe there was an energy he felt, but it wasn't it's in, full. It's in the bar, right? It wasn't full. No, I got hit on it. Yeah, yes. I'm saying you're just yes, the scene it's in, in the, the bar. bar back. I I went, and for some reason, he really thought I was coming at him, but I was going to stop. I was going to mark it. He took my momentum and and threw me, and I hit the wall, and and I uh, uh, split my lips. So I had to go. We had to stop. I had to go get stitched up and then come back. And if you watch, I forgot which scene was after that. You can see my lip is all fucked up. (laughs) Well, yeah, you don't know which scene you shot at. No, he he felt threatened by something, and I was playing pretend. He wasn't an actor, and he 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 had that experience the girl in the play did. You looked at him, and suddenly it was real to him. Oh, something. I guess he made right? And he was like, oh, no, I'm in a fight. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. And was he a tough guy somehow, that guy in real life? No, he was a nice guy, really nice guy. A sweet guy. Yeah, I guess, but just that, you know, for whatever reason that set him off or whatever. I don't know what he was thinking about it. I always wondered if that was true. So that's true. There was a little moment. It wasn't a fight. It was uh, it was a hit, uh, an overreaction on his part. And you didn't go back at him? No. 
You don't want to? No. Like Marty was there. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's like a fight. And that's, no, it was just, I saw immediately after it happened, I looked at him. No, no, I thought you were coming at me. So, all right. Well, thank you. I know you got to go and I know you got to take off uh, and that you don't do this a lot. I really appreciate your openness and that you're having this conversation. And I think that, you know, I pick up this theme that you just kind of made a decision to keep moving forward. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, and I think that that's, in the end, you know, there's a big debate I, I sometimes have with other people who do this stuff, which is like the line between, for people who want to do something creative, if that's a better way to say it than artists, there's like a line between delusion and self-belief. You know, because you could be crazy or you could be right. And I guess you didn't think about oh. it too much. You just moved forward. You picked no, up. No, but it's, like I said, things just happened a little kind of quick that gave me that reason. But it doesn't mean I'm, I still feel like things haven't happened. Uh, I still have that mentality. I know it's, it's whatever. And then the biggest thing, just as a wrap, like the playing to pretend, the art, the actual doing of it is great. The business sucks. The business is fucked up. You're still, you feel like. Don't you? You feel like because you don't feel it's a meritocracy. That and it's just a, you know, it's just a harsh business. It's just not a fun business. The, the doing of it is great. When you get, when you finally get something, that's great. But I, I, I couldn't agree more. The business. I mean, that's why I've never. I never moved to L.A. ever. Like yeah, where I've shot I, in I L.A. I don't know what people have with it. I don't mind L.A. at all. Well, because to me, that's like the whole business is yeah. there, and then I find I get caught up in it. I remember when I would. Be yeah, after, you have to. Yeah, you have to be able to put it down. Like I, when I was out there. When I've been out there shooting, I would get and pick up basketball games sometimes with people. And I realized, like, everybody there knows what the grosses of the movies are. They know what you got paid to do the rewrite. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I want to be living a life that I can then reflect yeah, yeah, yeah. in the stories. Yeah, you have to be able to put it down. But the, so the fact that the business is hard and miserable, is it the lying that bothers you, the bullshit? Like, what part of it no, is the worst? It's like for you? every business. I mean, you know, politics, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, there's always something. Wait, they on. lie? Lawyers lie? Huh? Lawyers lie? Oh, everybody, you know, everybody's got, you know, so no, you're saying, is it the lying that bothers me? But no, it's not that. I, what is it? It's just that it's, it's just the business, yeah, the, you know, the getting of parts, the way they cast things, the things, the type of movies that they do. So, anyhow. I think that that's uh, a drag, too. I agree. It's harder and harder to make the movies that you want to make. But the reward of it, when you get to, it's great. is really great. So, Ray Liotta, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I got to say, I don't understand how you and I have never worked together. And uh, we have to figure out a way well, to correct that. Write me that. something, dude. All right. Done. All right. Thanks. Hey, you can find me on Twitter, at Brian Koppelman. You're not on Twitter, are you, Ray? No. Ray Liotta's not on fucking Twitter. What, are you crazy? All right, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on Podcasts.